Revelation 22. Look at 17. This is where we began when we started this series, and we're going to wrap it up here today. It's, can we stand in honor of God's Word? Is God's Word not worth our honor? It says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, let anyone who hears this say, Come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. And I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words from, the, from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. He who is the faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. Father God, if those things that were penned about 2,000 years ago were true, then it is now closer than when we first believed your soon coming return. And we say, amen, come Lord Jesus. So Father God, show us what you would have the church to hear just moments before your soon coming return. And Father God, we ask that we would have your heart, your heart beat. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. When we started this series, we began by placing an emphasis on how the Spirit and the Bride are both saying the same thing. The Holy Spirit and the church of Jesus Christ that he is returning for are both saying the same thing, and they're both saying come. They're both saying come to Jesus. The second week, we talked about how all who are thirsty should come. That if there's not a thirst, then there's nothing to be quenched. If there's not a thirst, then there's nothing to be satisfied. This week, I want to talk about the significance of hearing, and I want to show you how thirst and hearing are connected, dare I say, inseparable. Notice here in Revelation twenty-two seventeen that those hearing and those who are thirsty are saying the same thing. They're both saying come. Also notice in verse 18, and who the warning is going out to. It goes out to everyone who hears. To everyone who hears. I, as I was preparing this morning, I thought about how many times I've heard people pray, you know, Lord, I, I want your heartbeat. You know, Lord, I, 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 I want your heart. Can I just say something about heartbeats? Heartbeats are heard. They're heard. From the very moment that that mother's belly is, is placed on that ultrasound and they hear the heartbeat, heartbeats are heard. They're heard. They're heard, they're heard first. Well, Pastor John, you can, you can sometimes feel a heartbeat. I believe heartbeats are heard. 
And so if we are going to have God's heartbeat, then we're going to hear him. We're going to hear him. We're going to hear him. And it's critical that we understand how important it is to hear God's voice in the last days. And we're going to go there this morning. And I'm praying that you're going to be challenged and that it is going to affect the way that you walk with Jesus from this moment on. Are you in agreement with me? Can we go there this morning? The warning in verse 18 goes out to everyone who hears. And I want to make a strong statement. Do you notice how in verse 18 and 19, it says, if anyone adds to what's written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. If anyone removes any of the words from the book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life. I want to make a strong statement that the anyone who adds and the anyone who removes in verses 18 and 19 are the anyone who hears. Anyone who hears in verse 18. Anyone who hears. Let me put it this way. I believe that God is, is just, that he's a righteous judge, that he's fair and just in all of his ways. And I struggle believing that God could hold us accountable to something that we've never heard before. That I believe that God will communicate to each and every one. To each and every one. And isn't it amazing that Jesus is not returning again according to prophecy until everyone's heard? So in the last days, if you're going to ask me what's most important, I'm going to tell you hearing him is. Hearing him is. And as soon as you have a relationship with the living God that is close enough and strong enough to where you are able to discern and to hear his voice, that's the game changer right there. If I could ask anything for my three sons, now my daughter-in-law, I would ask one thing. I would ask that they would hear him, that they would hear him. From the moment you have entered into a relationship with Jesus and you now can hear and discern his voice, everything changes. Everything changes. And now he's Lord, now he's Savior, now he's leading, and now you're following. The ability to hear God's voice is everything. And I would challenge you to say that if you're here today and you've never heard God's voice, I guarantee by the end of service you will. See, but the challenge is as to whether you're going to hear or whether you're going to refuse. Because it's his voice. And he speaks what he wills. And it doesn't always sit right with us and it challenges us. And it might go against the grain a little bit. But we're asking that he speaks to us and we're asking that we hear his voice. And so I believe if you're willing, you'll hear him. If you're willing, you'll hear him. If you want to hear from God, you will. And so let's jump in to this a little bit. Why? Is our hearing God's voice so important in these last days? Let me tell you why. And maybe you've never thought about this. Faith is not the only thing that comes by hearing. We know Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. But did you ever think that deception also comes by hearing? So faith comes, and deception comes, and they both come by hearing. Go to Matthew 24 with me, if you've got your Bibles this morning, your digital devices. Matthew 24, I think it's real important that you see this. Matthew 
Okay, Jesus is on the Mount of Olives. His disciples have come to him privately. Anytime Jesus is speaking from the Mount of Olives, it's significant. But when his disciples are coming to him privately, how many of you know that Jesus can say things to his disciples that he just couldn't say to everyone? And so now they're questioning him about the end. Look at verse 3. We'll pick it up. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? So know what they're asking him here. You know, they're saying, man, how's it all going to go down? What's it going to be like at the end? They're asking Jesus this. They know who he is. They, they know who they're asking, and this is what they're asking because this is important to them. Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They'll deceive many. You'll hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Then you'll be arrested, persecuted, killed. You'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all the nations will hear it and then the end will come. Let me read verse 14 again. And the good news, or your Bible might say gospel, one and the same. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. He is a just, he is a fair, he is a righteous God, and he is not going to return until everyone is heard. Until everyone is heard. Then the end will come. Pastor John, when is the end going to come? When everyone's heard. Jesus is not returning until the end has come. Notice how critical hearing is. Notice, church, how critical hearing is. Jesus won't return until everyone's heard. And so blessed are you today if you're hearing. Amen. Notice the first thing that Jesus says when asked by his disciples about the end of the world. He says, don't let anyone mislead you. Older versions say deceive you. The thing that was most important to Jesus in the last days is that people would not be deceived. Yes, faith comes by hearing, but so does deception. So your hearing's critical, very, very critical in the last days. Go with me to another uh, end times portion of Scripture, 2 Timothy 4. Believed to be the the last known writing of Paul here, 2 Timothy 4. We know in verse 6, Paul know, knows that his life is, is at the end. He's believed that he's done everything that God's asked him. And so if there was ever a time that Paul was going to encourage his sons in the faith, it was going to be now. And if there was ever a time that, ba- that Paul was going to speak prophetically like any of the apostles of old, it would have been right here near his death. Look at verses 3 and four, he says, for a time is coming. So what is Paul doing right now? Paul is prophesying about the future. He's saying, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. 
They will follow their own desires. They'll follow their own desires. How many of you know that there's a difference between, between following the Lord and hearing from him and following your own desires? It's the day and age that we live right now. They'll follow their own desires. They'll look for teachers who'll tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They'll reject the truth and chase after myths. It's amazing today how important what people hear is to them. It'll be the difference between faith and deception in the last days. It'll be the difference between that which is genuine and founded upon Jesus Christ and that which is a lie, that which is a true belief and that which is a false belief. Here, we see how people will reject truth in the last days. And if there's any scripture that is becoming more and more significant to faith, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that tells us that we will walk by faith and not by sight. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. That's why. Faith comes by hearing. And that's why we're supposed to walk by faith. Pastor John, what do you mean we're supposed to walk by faith? We're supposed to like blindly walk around? No, you're supposed to hear. Because that's what walking by faith does. It hears. That's why there's a difference between walking by faith and walking by sight. One speaks of only seeing, and faith is hearing. It's hearing. And you're not always going to have someone there to hear for you. Out of all of the things that you should desire, you should begin to desire to consistently hear from God, for him to speak to you, and as he speaks to you, to be leading you. Well, Pastor John, what if God speaks to me and leads me somewhere that I don't want to go? I believe that when God speaks to you, he will speak to the very purpose that you've been created for. He'll speak to the very purpose that he fashioned and formed you in your mother's womb. He'll speak to you in such a profound and in such a deep way that it will be inescapable not to do what he's asking you to do, especially in these last days. Especially in these last days. I believe he's speaking, and I believe as the days draw near to Jesus' return, he'll be speaking louder than ever before. The more Christians walk by sight, the more susceptible they are to being deceived. Whatever it takes to clear the wax out of our spiritual ears, I believe it needs to be done regularly. Why? Well, we just read it in 2 Timothy 4, because our ears itch from time to time and are prone to reject the truth and chase after myths. And itching ears want what they desire, but ears that are hearing him, they want what he desires. And keep in mind that what God desires is what you've been fashioned, what you've been formed, what you've been created by him to do. Why you've been created by him to live in this day and age. Why are you alive in the 21st century? Why weren't you born in the 15th, 16th, 1st, 2nd century? Why are you alive today? Don't you want to know that? I believe only he can tell you that. 
And I believe he wants to. And have you noticed, have you noticed when people struggle, how much things revolve around them? I guarantee you that your struggles, that those healings that you seek after, that that restoration that you desire would come as you seek him first in all of his righteousness. All of those things will be added to you. Things always get muddy. Things always get confusing when they begin to revolve around us. Every phobia, every bit of anger, every bit of greed or lust revolves around you. It centers around you. And the more that your life revolves around Jesus Christ, the more it's going to make sense, the clearer the picture in the future will be. You must break the chains that want you to be self-centered and you must get back to a walk with a living God that is Christ-centered because that is the only life that's gonna make sense, the only life that'll ever make sense. Your self-centered devotion will not change anyone's life. Get back to where it is Christ-centered and the difference you'll see around you will be the answer to prayers that you may have been praying for years. You must model what you believe. You must live what you believe. Must live it. Must live it out. And I believe the day's drawing near and the time is critical. So why is hearing so critical? Let's go to Revelation chapter two. And let's look at some stuff. Revelation two. Look at the emphasis here. These scriptures are jumping off the pages at me lately. Look at the emphasis here. Revelation 2.7 says, anyone with ears to hear. Notice the emphasis. Anyone with ears to hear. What kind of ears do you have? Well, Pastor John, of course ears are meant to hear. You're not getting it. It's not just talking about any kind of ears here. It's talking about spiritual ears. Spiritual ears. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. Must. You must listen to the Holy Spirit. Church, I can't, I can't do this for you. Your mama, your papa, your grandma, your grandpa, they can't do it for you. Your spiritual moms and dads cannot do this for you. You must listen to the Holy Spirit, and you need to understand. And you need to understand what he's saying. You must. I can't place a stronger emphasis on this right now. Everything within me is exhorting you to hear. You must hear. You must hear. And I just want to challenge you today. What are you so afraid of hearing? What are you afraid of? Don't you want to know? Don't you want to know? Don't you want to know what the Holy Spirit's saying? Don't you want to know what he has for you? Don't you want to know? You can know. He's not keeping this from you. You're either willing or you're refusing to hear. That's the difference. Pastor John, it can't be that simple. Do you think Jesus died to make it complex? Do you think he died to make it difficult? Father, I'm going to go down, but let's not be easy on him. I'm going to die for him, but let's not make this simple. Let's make this very, very hard. No, Jesus doesn't desire that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, but the problem is, is today in, in, in many circles that 
we're offering salvation without repentance. What we're doing is we're offering a faith without any hearing. We're, we're, we're offering some kind of, of walk or some kind of mode, but there's no life to it because we're not asking anyone to hear from the Lord anymore. We're, we're telling everyone that you'll be accepted just as you are. You never have to change. Don't repent from a thing. Remain the way that you are. And I can't find that consistent with anything in Scripture. Nowhere do I find that in the Bible. I can't find a crossless Christianity. I can't find a Christianity that exists outside of repentance. I cannot find it. We all want to come to God with our past and keep our past, and he's saying, no, 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 no. The past is gone. All things are become new. That's what happens when you come to Christ Jesus. God, I want to keep this. I want to keep that. I like this. I like that. No, 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 no. You come to him. You come to him. You come to him just as you are. But surely as you've come to him just as you are, he will change you so that you'll be just as he is. And I am sorry. I am sorry for the pulpits all over the world that have preached that you don't need to repent from the thing. You can stay the way that you are. God doesn't need to change you. You're beautiful. He loves you. Of course he loves you. He loves everyone. He died for a world that he, he loves. But if you're going to come to him, you're going to believe that he is. You're going to be changed by him. You're going to be transformed by him. Or what would be the sense in coming? What are, what are we coming to Jesus asking then? God, would you just approve of, of the way that I prefer to live? Would you just approve of the choices that I want to make? God, would you just approve of the desires that I have that I really want to feed? What would be the sense in coming to him? I mean, why attend church at all? Man, I'm not trying to itch any ears this morning. I don't believe God's called me to itch any ears this morning. I'm pushing you to Jesus. I'm not trying to draw you to me. I'm pushing you to Jesus. And I'm asking that you hear from him this morning. I'm asking you to hear. Because if we're not listening, church, then we're not understanding and we don't know what God's doing in the last days. You must listen to the Holy Spirit and you must understand what he's saying. You must. Just as, our, just as marriages are unhealthy if they're not listening to each other, so is our marriage union with Christ Jesus if we're not listening to the Holy Spirit. Don't be deceived. Many in the last days will be saying they are the Messiah. Pastor John, how can we avoid deception amid all these voices? The Spirit and the bride are saying the same thing, come. And if they're not pointing you to Jesus, then they're misleading and they're deceiving. But what if someone claims to be the Messiah, Pastor John? How can you know the difference? This is how you can know the difference. When Jesus comes, he won't have to tell anybody, I'm the Messiah. The fact that he is splitting the sky, touching the Mount of Olives, it's splitting. He's walking through the eastern gate. He will need no introduction. He is the introduction. When the, crowd, when the clouds roll back, he won't have to tell everybody, it's me, it's the Messiah. He won't have to say a thing. He won't have to announce. If they've got to tell you, then they are not. There'll be no denying Jesus when he returns. Every eye will see him. Every eye will see him. He won't have to say, I'm the Messiah. Anybody that's telling you the Messiah, they have to because you can't see it. Jesus' return, listen, he's not returning to preach. 
He's returning to reach. He's returning for his bride. And he won't have to say a thing. He won't have to declare that he's the Messiah. His very appearance will declare that he's the Messiah. So you shouldn't even have to wonder, Pastor John, I'm curious, could this be? You'll know. You'll know everything Scripture tells us about Jesus' return, the way that he left is the way that he will return. I'm telling you this, yes, the way that he left is the way that he'll return, but he's returning with change. He's returning with power and with might. He left amazingly descending or ascending into heaven. He'll return powerfully. Every eye's gonna see him. Every tongue's gonna confess him. Every knee, you will not have a choice. But, Scripture says, he's returning for those who loved his appearing, for those that believed. They believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Jesus returns, I don't want to have failed to tell anyone because when he returns, everybody's going to repent. It's going to be too late. Because it's going to happen in a moment. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be amazing. Everybody's going to see it. Pastor John, how can everybody see because of technology today? If they can see it when planes hit the towers, then they can see it when Jesus returns. In our day, in our age, it's possible. And we'll see it. We'll see it. It'll be everywhere. You'll see it in stores. You'll see it in phones. You'll see it everywhere. Jesus has returned. He's surely coming. The Bible hasn't lied to us yet, and it won't. He's coming. And you won't have to wonder whether he's the Messiah or not. The thing that you need to be concerned about is whether you've had a relationship with the Messiah. That's what you need to be concerned about today. And I want to be able to pray for you. If you haven't come to Jesus today, I want to give you opportunity to do so. And as the team comes up and worships, I want you to ask yourself as we worship, where are you at with the Lord right now? Where are you at? Where's your heart? Do you need to come to him? So as the team comes and as we worship, I'm going to pray We're going to enter into a song of worship, and then I'm going to come and close in prayer. Father, thank you for the word that you've spoken to hearts and lives today. Father, may it challenge. Father, may we hear the call to return to you if we're away, to come back to you if we've been away. Your arms are always open. And Jesus, we believe that you're standing at the door knocking even now. And if we hear your voice, We open up the door. You'll come in and you'll dine and you'll sup with us. Have your way, oh God, we pray.